One, two, three, is not working. Buenos días. Bienvenidos a la Iglesia Bautista en Bolly Spring. Well, Carlos, we're back, we're back at home now. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we are in Guatemala still. <laughs> What Carlos meant to say is welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Uh, we're glad you're here today. If you're a visitor, please fill out the perforated section of your bulletin and drop it in the offering plate later in the service. Carlos, will you help me with the prayer this morning? See, sí. oh, I, I say yes. <laughs> All right, let us bow our heads in prayer. Te amo, hermano. I love you, brothers. Estaré orando por ti. I will pray for you. Gracias, Padre, por este viaje. Thank you, Father God, for this trip. Nosotros te pedimos que prepares nuestros corazones para adorarte. We ask that you prepare our hearts for worship. Amen.
wanted to remind you that on September 8th, that's when we're going to be celebrating our move to this location 50 years ago. I want you to please note in your uh, bulletin in the insert, um, there's information about the schedule. At 845, there will be a shuttle from our parking lot here to the Dover Chapel at Gardner-Webb. Or you can meet us up there, but the, uh, it will go from 8.45 until 9.30. At 9.30, the service will be up at Dover Chapel. So you can walk up there from here if you want to. You can meet us there. You can park here and ride a shuttle up there, and then we're gonna walk coming back. So if you park up there, and then you walk back here, we'll make sure you get to your car after the service on that Sunday. I know it's kind of confusing, but in, anyway, at 9.30, there will be a brief service in Dover Chapel, and then we will walk here, and then um, our worship service will begin at 10.45, not 10.55, so you need to be in here a little earlier than you're used to being in here. So, um, 10.45. Um, also, the really important thing for that day is there's a free luncheon after the service, but we need your reservations. So please look at the tear out form found on your bulletin and um, you'll find at the bottom where you can um, make your RSVP and just put that in the offering plate. So if you would do that as soon as possible, then the committee that's working on that can begin to plan for the food. So speaking of the 50th anniversary, uh, we talked about last week, and I'm sure some of you weren't here last week, uh, Reverend Dr. Max Lennons, also known as Preacher, was the pastor here for 27 years. And he was the pastor when the move was made from the Gardner-Webb campus down here to our current location. And uh, we played an excerpt of what we think was his, uh, some of the words he said to the congregation on the Sunday that they dedicated this facility. So today we're going to play another excerpt and we'll do that um, each Sunday leading up to September the 8th. And if you will note that there will be a transcription of what he's saying, which will help you, I hope, understand the recording a little better, they'll be on the screens during the recording. So please listen as um, Dr. Lennon's addresses the congregation. Steelwork stretched against the sky outline of today's sure promise that tomorrow shall bring beauty, lasting beauty for the coming generations, a shining symbol of our love for God and man. The tower was raised and spire affixed, stretching toward heaven, majestic finger beckoning men to raise their eyes from dust and things and see the gleaming cross, not only mounted here, but stretching across the ages with its message of redemption. We often think of miracles as instantaneous works of God, but he does work slow miracles dreams and gifts and bricks and steel, of muscle, skill and sacrifice, of prayers and lovely stained glass windows. We know because we saw it grow 
from green dream to grand creation. If you would, please stand and join me in singing hymn number 482, Here I Am, Lord. If you are able, please stand, 482.
children on the steps, will all the children please calm down? Good morning. Do you guys know where we've been last week? Guatemala, yeah. So all of us, including those in the green over there, went to Guatemala. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about where we went. We went to a place called the Good Shepherd Center in Cape Saltenango, Guatemala. Can y'all say that? Cape Saltenango? So at the Good Shepherd Center, they have a medical clinic. They have lots of rooms for people to come and stay so they can tell them um, and train them how to be pastors and evangelists. And then um, the medical center is open so that the people of Guatemala can come and get medical care. Um, So the place opened in 2011 and they started sending people like us down there. And um, now there's two houses. There's one that was built last year. So a lot of them helped build it last year and there's a new one being built now. So there's the Westmoreland home and the May house. So I'm going to let Tatum read our scripture and then we're going to talk a little bit more. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. Work at everything you do with all your heart work as if you were working for the Lord, not for human masters. Work because you know that you will finally receive as a reward what the Lord wants you to have. You are slaves of the Lord Christ. All right, so that scripture tells us to do everything that we do for the Lord. So what are some ways that you guys can do things for the Lord? He loves us. What can we do to to show God's love? So you can pick up your toys when somebody asks you, or you can help a friend if a friend has a problem. And you can play with them, yeah. So what we did was we went on a mission trip and we helped the people in Guatemala. We painted for them. We talked about God with them. There were children there. We went to the children's home and we um, saw where they lived. There's good people down there that are giving them a place to live and showing them God's love. So it's important for us to show God's love even here at home. And Tatum's got some dolls that we got from Guatemala just for you. And you can take these home and remember the children of Guatemala and pray for them every day. So take it home and put it somewhere where you can 
Remember to pray for them every day, okay? Um, so up here on the side um, are some of the children from the orphanage. Um, this Tatum's over here on the left with Hillary, and um, they had a kind of a special connection. Um, I, I was I only saw the kids I think maybe once or twice throughout the week, but I think they maybe saw them a couple more times. And Hillary and Tatum really had kind of a bond, and um, they would they would walk around and as they were walking around. They would be holding hands and stuff. It was really sweet. And um, this little boy up here on the top right with me is Oliver, and um, it was kind of neat. And whenever we we had this kind of patchwork that the kids made, that these that our kids made, and when Oliver went over to the to put his hands up on the on the patchwork wall, his hands fit exactly in place with Oliver Skinner. So that was kind of neat. We, so we we did a little photo op with him. Um, Heather and I both did. So all right, let's um, all right, let's let's go ahead and pray. Okay, bow our heads and pray. Dear God, thank you for all the children here today. We pray for these children, and we pray for the children in Guatemala, and that they'll learn more about you. Thank you for loving us, and help us to show your love to others. Amen. Our next hymn is hymn number 435, Share His Love. Hymn 435. If you're able, please stand and join in singing.
go to the Lord in prayer, let me just mention that following this offertory prayer, you will see just about a two-minute video of a song that was special to some of us who were able to go and worship at one of the churches there in um, Quetzaltenango, Guatemala, on that Sunday morning. We had a few that hung back and and got started on some week's work there that morning. But you will hear just a a couple of minutes of that song. I think you'll find it um, um, very worshipful and meaningful. And then following that, you'll see a wonderful slideshow that Roger Lowe has prepared this week, a slideshow that will be shown again as our postlude uh, near the end of our worship this morning. But uh, it helps tell the story uh, in ways that uh, will add to what we will be sharing following that time this morning. But um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, help us to be faithful in the sharing of your love in our lives sharing in ways that we can give monetarily, sharing in ways that we can give of our gifts and our talents. Father, we thank you for your love in our lives. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the opportunity to go to Guatemala for safe travel and for a meaningful week. Father, we continue to ask for your blessings on this service as we share, as we see the story, as it's shown in pictures today. Father, may we leave challenged And may we ask ourselves the question, number one, have we responded to the love of God in Christ Jesus? And number two, where are you calling us to share your love? Father, bless these tithes and offerings now in Jesus' name. Amen. begins to settle in, I want to
just begin our time by saying thank you again. Uh, we felt the love and the support of this congregation, both in our preparations, in our travels, and while we were there. Um, many of you expressed that uh, just through a text or call to me or to somebody else, and some of you through your gifts, and so we just felt that very much. And so we're grateful, and we felt like we weren't doing this just the 10 of us, but we were doing this truly as a church family, and I want you to know that. But uh, we're going to share, uh, hopefully, just a quick and important, quick but important and meaningful uh, parts of this trip that um, uh, will hope connect you, well, I hope connect all of us to the greater ministry that God is doing there. And so at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Joanne. She's going to give us a little, oh, I'll push that down. Yeah. You could hold this. Okay. While Keith is putting the little table down so we can all see, I just feel like we've already had a blessing. Candy, thank you for uh, share his love. That That's what this is all about, folks. I just feel like that we could close out today and already have a blessing that we can carry with us for the rest of our lives. And to the church and all involved, I want to say thank you, church, for allowing us to go to Guatemala to do God's work. Uh, and we thank you for your prayers. We thank you for the Feed the Flock participation and for the uh, fish fry, Jason. Um, We've got some more work to be doing, man. But uh, anyways, most importantly, we appreciate your prayers, your love, and your support. And uh, truly, truly, the 10 of us up here are truly blessed to be a part of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. It just makes it come alive that we have the best church in the world when we all get together and work together. Now, I want to share with you a few remarks about how the cooperative involvement of the Good Shepherd Center in Orphanage and the uh, Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina and the Baptist Men, how all of this came about. And our missionaries in Guatemala, Dr. Roger and Dr. Vicki Grossman, were overwhelmed by the uh, needs of operating the Good Shepherd Center in Orphanage. They prayed for God's guidance and direction in this ministry. And at the same time, our North Carolina Baptist Children's Homes leadership was praying and seeking God's direction for international children's home ministries and if there are opportunities there for the Baptist Children's Homes to get involved. And then in the meantime, while here we are in North Carolina praying, and then here Vicki and Roger are in Guatemala praying. We're praying for the same thing, but we didn't know it. And then um, Vicki and Roger got in contact with a friend in Raleigh who suggested that they consult with the children's homes, uh, President Dr. Michael Blackwell, to seek his advice and counsel. And thus began the combined Christian ministry of the North Carolina Baptist Children's Homes and the Good Shepherds home and medical center and orphanage in Shayla, Guatemala. I can't say that big word, so I, we all shorten it to Shayla. Uh, we now have one cottage that is complete with children and residents and house parents in the home. And then, as you saw on the slide presentation, the other home uh, in progress now of being built. Now, there are many opportunities throughout the coming year, folks, for us as teams to go not just here in Bowling Springs Baptist Church, but all over North Carolina, all over the United States. We just have got to spread the word and minister to those folks down there. 
And I think that's probably about all I need to say. And this time I'm gonna give it to John White, my sidekick here that <laughs> he, he will tell you more. You can use that mic, John. Well, I can't believe it's already been a year since we went last year, but uh, it has. I just want to thank everybody for all the prayers and the support that you did. And also, I got a dear friend that it's hard for me to celebrate, you know, my trip. She's, uh, if you could pray for uh, Lisa Cash and her family, I know it's a, it's a tough deal. And like I say, it's hard for me to celebrate knowing what's going on there, but if everybody could just say a good prayer for that family, please. And uh, well, anyway, getting to my trip, I do want to thank every one of you because it's, uh, I could tell God really blessed us with everything that went on there. I mean, we had ups and downs and which Heather and Joanne and Melvin can tell you, you know, our luggage didn't make it. And me and Heather done talked. If it didn't come, we was going to be fine. We just had to wash clothes, but. Uh, <laughs> I was going to let her wash mine. I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it, it was a very eye-opening trip. i tell you, my birthday, again, was last week. And uh, uh, for all the little orphanage kids to uh, sing happy birthday to Spanish, you know, to me was pretty cool. And uh, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't have had a better birthday down there. But I also... Uh, Got to work on a tractor, thanks, you know, thanks to Mitchell Guffey, he helped me out a lot getting parts rounded up and uh, got it going. And then like I say, I've never painted a tractor with a paintbrush, but <laughs> I got to paint one with a paintbrush. Thanks to Jay and thanks to Heather, she done the lettering for me because I couldn't do that part. She used a Q-tip and done an awesome job, but <laughs> she, uh, she did a good job. And uh, I also got to work on the new orphanage that they're building, and uh, that was that was pretty cool. It's uh, like I said, I got to do some stuff that I'm not used to doing. And uh, but like I said last year, it's just amazing how you can go to Guatemala and see all these families and kids and everybody. They don't have anything, but they don't know that. I mean, they think they're rich and. I would love to live like they do because they don't have no worries. They don't have, you know, the stuff we deal with here, but it's, it's pretty cool seeing a different, you know, country, how they live. And, you know, they're so appreciative on everything they do. And, and like I say, it just, uh, to go to, uh, to go down there and it's like I was telling Keith, you know, it's like I go down there and get recharged and come back and able to, you know, spread what God really does. And, you know, it took me a while to really understand a lot of things, but I can go down there and really just open my mind up and I just feel like I'm really doing something. And every time we'd have a bad day, we'd be like, oh yeah, that's the devil working with us. We're going, we're going to, we're not gonna let him get us on this, and it worked out great every day. But like I say, I wanna thank everybody again for all your prayers and support because it couldn't have been done without that, and I thank you very much.
Let me also express my appreciation to you people, to the church, our church, our friends and loved ones here. We went on behalf of the church. We went on as ambassadors for Christ, ambassadors for our church. And I think that when we were undertaking anything there, working in the new house for the pastor of a little small mission, or whether we were outside working, whatever we did, we were thinking of you people here because you helped us to go. And thank you for your prayers, your support, and for your love that has inspired us. We had a great team. It's a great team effort. We all cooperated together. And although some of our luggage didn't get there for three days, we were able to survive. We prayed together and worked together. And someone asked, might ask, why Guatemala? And I'm going to give some statistical analysis of things that have gone on there and that are going on and problems that they face. I don't want to bore you with this, but I think it helps us to understand the need for work there. A good work of God is being done. And those people need the Lord Jesus Christ just as much as anyone does. The Medical Center opened on March the 4th, 2013, and it has seen and ministered to approximately 4,500 people, different people during this time, different patients. The clinical visits are around 6,000 people in that short time. People who come there from various areas, they feel loved, they find healing, and many of them are coming to know Christ through that experience. And they find the care they need. The medical center is surrounded by about 14 villages of the Mayan people. And some come from as much as three or four hours away and drive to receive help through the clinic. The majority are the Mayan indigenous people and Vicky speaks their language very well. The Quiche people of central Guatemala has 23 different language groups. 93% of the rural indigenous people live in extreme poverty. And when you look at the slides, you can realize how extreme poverty is there. Children under five have the highest malnutrition rates in the Western Hemisphere there. 50% of the children under age five are chronically malnourished. And this is a real problem. And I want you to keep in mind that the people are much shorter there. And this is because of the malnutrition that occurs within the first five years of their lives and they can never grow and catch up. Number of annual births to girls ages 10 to 14 years old there is 3,046. One in five Guatemalan mothers are between ages 10 and 19 years old. They suffer from alcoholism, malnutrition, and all kinds of infectious diseases. There's a lot of sex abuse that takes place, sex trafficking, girls on the street, prostitution of the young girls, and even some of them in their own homes. Babies are abandoned in different places, cornfield, along the streets, and other places. In one child 
is abandoned every four days in Guatemala City and even higher in the rural areas. Education is needed. The Quiche language, for the people who are speaking the Quiche language, their average grade in school is one and a half to two years. And you can see why that with the lack of education, many things can happen and go wrong. Education is really needed. The kids that are in the orphanage receive schooling. They go to um, a Christian school, they're fed, they're clothed, and they learn great discipline and more productive living habits. Families sometimes do not want the babies that are born, cannot afford them, nor do they know how to take care of them. And this creates problems. Churches are started in homes, and then it gets larger, and we, someone else will be talking about that. But they face a lot of voodoo and Catholic, uh, old Catholic ideas, demon possession, and some of these things are the obstacles that they face in trying to work with new people. And thank you again for letting us go as your people and Christ's people to minister to these people. Hey, I'm going to say one more thing I forgot to say before. But if you ever go to Guatemala and you see the prettiest blackberries out there, don't you eat them without washing them. This crowd up here knows what happened, but just don't eat them. We'll tell you later what happened to John. I just want to first of all say I'm so thankful to God for allowing me to go on this mission trip again this year. Um, I'm thankful also to my church family for all your support and prayers. We took all that with us, truly know that. Um, and it was a great trip, again. Um, we experienced many wonderful things while we were there, but I'm just gonna share a couple of things that time will allow. Uh, my work on this mission trip was to work with this great team, again, some of you who didn't go, you were there in my heart, especially you, Elizabeth. Um, my work on this mission trip was, we did two days of painting some interior rooms and that included ceilings, so you know how the neck feels when you're painting ceilings. Um, which was, that was fine because we really made a beautiful home for this young missionary family uh, Lewis and Roxanne and his baby so that they could start a new church there uh, in uh, Shayla. Uh, it was an honor for us to help them in that way. And after we left, another mission group from another church came and painted and completed their home by uh, painting the outside of their home. And it was really beautiful. And they were very happy for all of our help. Um, also, we planted grass seeds, which I had never done before, and I know some of you might think that's kind of crazy, but I have never planted grass seeds, so I got to sharing that with some of the team members. Thank you, John, for showing me how to do that. I didn't know how to do that. Um, it was a good group effort, though, and uh, we picked blackberries, as John talked about. Only John ate more than he picked. So, <laughs> um, 
we cleaned out a rose garden, a beautiful rose garden in the center of the Good Shepherd Center. They have oh, this beautiful rose garden inside and uh, it was full of weeds and it needed to be cleaned up. So Heather and Tatum and I, along with one of the other children, Esmeralda, we picked weeds and hoed and raked. And Joanne, you were in on that too, weren't you? And we, it, we made it beautiful again, yes. didn't we? Yes. Um, we also painted benches around the Rose Garden at the Good Shepherd Center. Um, I helped in cooking breakfast for the team every morning, uh, preparing lunches alongside of Joanne and Heather, um, and also I prepared cooking some of the dinners for our team also. So we, we all, I, I like making sure everybody's fed and you just feel better when you work with, you know, good food in your stomach and good fellowship. Um, one event I'd like to share about, while I said we, we experienced so many wonderful things, but the one event I, I would like to share about was Thursday night. Uh, we were honored to have the children from the orphanage, some of, some of the children, come and visit us uh, in the dining hall. And uh, Joanne had prepared a wonderful spaghetti meal for them. And uh, they just gobbled that spaghetti up. And I believe it was Carlos that ate, not, not my Carlos, but uh, one of the children there named Carlos. He ate three or four plates of spaghetti. I mean, he just gobbled it up. He was just loving that. And um, we uh, also gave them John White's birthday cake for dessert, a piece of it. And uh, they sang happy birthday to John in Spanish and in English too. So that was pretty special. And uh, I, I wanna note that after everybody finished eating, the children jumped up and the boys started sweeping immediately. They pulled out chairs from the table, just two, Oliver and, and Carlos. They started sweeping under the tables, cleaning up napkins, forks, forks, or whatever fell on the floor, and washed off the tabletops. And the girls got all the dishes and took them in the kitchen and washed them, rinsed them, and dried them and put them away. So I, I just think that's so, I mean, that you don't see that a lot, especially here, you don't see the children pitching in and helping like that. Um, but you do there, they, they definitely have a part. The children have their part and their responsibility in everything. And I just, I like that. They, they really enjoyed singing um, Happy Birthday with John. Um, and then they also enjoyed John Glenn's handmade, uh, I'm gonna call it a rope puzzle, John. Is that what you would call that? Uh, they were very enticed with this uh, rope puzzle that John showed them. And uh, he also helped Esmeralda learn how to pass the one bead to the other side. Um, and she, she felt a sense of accomplishment, which it couldn't have come at a better time for Esmeralda because she was having a, a tough week that week with some schoolmates. Um, and you know how kids will be. They can, they can be kind of cruel to others at times. So 
this uh, gave Esmeralda a confidence that she really needed. So I think, John, you were a big part in helping Esmeralda with that. And also he shared a wood, wooden puzzle and a lot of the kids learned how to put that wooden puzzle together too. Um, that, that night we were in the dining hall. It's a big, nice dining hall. It's a very relaxed atmosphere. And um, so we really got to enjoy the children and we played different card games with them. Uh, the, Joanne had brought a game called Simon. They really, that's working with the memory, so they really enjoyed that. And if they didn't, if they couldn't follow Simon, they didn't get mad, they just laughed at themselves. And then they'd try it again. And so one of us would do the Simon. If we messed up, they would laugh with us, you know. It was just, I don't know, I, I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, also, we sang uh, some fun children's songs that required one group to stand and then sit back down, and, and they really enjoyed that too. Some were in English and some were in Spanish. Um, but it was a, it was a it was a wonderful night. Um, so the other thing is, I was sharing with Elizabeth earlier. I noticed that some of the children that were there last year were not here this year. And so I asked Vicky, where are the children? Where is, I, I named the ones that I didn't see there. And she said that they had been adopted and they were with families that, wonderful families that really loved them. And, and that just filled my heart with joy to know that those kids have been adopted and they finally have a family and they have a home that they can call their own. Um, so advancing God's kingdom one at a time is what, as Christians, our focus needs to be. I know we get so caught up in working and paying bills and this and that, but really alongside that and before all that, we need to focus on advancing the kingdom one, each one at a time, and, and it all starts with the little children. And I just want to say thank you, church family, again. Thank you, uh, our Father God. Uh, we, we are back at home, safe. Um, but I need to say thank you, you too, uh, for your pray prayer and for us, and uh, this year I enjoyed, like the last year, with this great team. Uh, well, I work with John again, <laughs> but, but I, I enjoy with them. Uh, with uh, Jay too, he worked with us today, just today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, in general, our purpose, we done, we done, and we enjoy, we enjoy that. Um, so, but I, I want to share with you all, dear church, uh, some reflection about this mission trip. 
I had cl clear conviction if we went to Guatemala to do this service, it's not because we are better, it's not because we are superior, it's not because we are more special, it's not because we are more spiritual, it's not because we are heroes. So this is just what God commands us to do. I want to talk about some verse in Luke 17, 10. So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded, commanded you, say, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. That is my, my always my reflection. I want I want to share with you all um, because the, we have so much example from the Bible, like Good Samaritan. He was no way in payment for his help. So, in simple word, uh, we are not waiting our cooking. So, uh, I want to share this for you all and. Because really, the, this, this time in, or any time, we have so much people where we can, we can help, not just in Guatemala. We are family, in our family, their people need help too from us. So thank you for, for your support, for your pride, and thank you so much, dear George. Okay, I'm going to share a little bit. Um, so we had devotions every night, and um, one of the first devotions, Keith asked us to kind of give him a word that represented how our day went. And um, my word was perception. Um, I think it mostly came out of the fact that we didn't have luggage, so I had to kind of either mope about it or just deal with it and get over it. And it was kind of ironic that I, I started thinking about the stuff that I had and it wasn't really that important. I mean, clean clothes is important, but I could manage without, without that and figure out a way to do it. And we did for about two full days um, before our luggage came, which was a great joy, but I'd kind of already gotten in my, my mind that we were gonna live without it. But, um, and then the second part of the perception was when we went to church. And um, we went to this little church and the youth there were a praise team and some of those um, praise team youth were from, our, from the children's home. Um, and they were really excited. You could tell the girls that got to be in the praise team got to wear high heels. So they got really excited because that was, you know, part of it that they got to dress up and um, and they were so into the praise. That song that you heard during the offertory um, was one that kind of just moved me in spirit. You could feel it in the church. I couldn't understand the words, but it, I didn't have to. I could see it on their face. Um, their perception of life is totally different from American culture. Um, I went through Nahala with um, one of the pastors to get supplies and they have 10, like 10 roof panels that are their walls. Um, 
and they cook on a stove. They don't have a regular stove, they cook with wood. Um, the missionary home that we were painting had just a PVC pipe that come up through the sink for their faucet. Um, but they were happy, they were so happy, they were so grateful. Um, it was just eye-opening the perception that we have as Americans you know, if something doesn't go right, um, if our AC breaks, they don't have AC, but they they don't complain. Um, and you can just see that in their faces and their heart shines through their faces. Um, and so it was as much a ministry for me to see that and to, to realize that some things in life aren't as important as we, as we put on it. Um, we sometimes put the material ahead of things and our true focus should just be on God's purpose for our lives um, and and they showed me that as much as I showed him some service so thank you um, I just I want to first say that um, the only reason that I am where I am right at this moment is through the grace of Christ um, I, there's there are so many things that happened this past or on this on this mission trip um, that I told my wife it would take me three days straight talking to her to tell her everything that would happen and I probably still wouldn't be finished but um, I want to share just three things first thing is um, on the Sunday the first full day that we were there Key told told us um, Heather and Jay, I really want y'all to go to church today. Um, he said it's the whole service will probably be in Spanish. You might not understand anything, but it's really good. And so I'm thinking to myself in my head, I'm thinking, man, this is going to be horrible. I'm not going to understand anything. I'm just going to be kind of sitting there staring at the walls and stuff like that. And also, um, Carlos and John didn't have to go they were they were going to get to stay behind to work on some carpentry stuff and i thought man that'd be cool to get to actually do something work and you know get something done and, so, you know, but um having gone to that service um proved to be really special um god used that service for me personally in in so many ways and um one of those, I'll share just one of those. One, one thing that happened at the service was actually a guy that I met during the meet and greet time that they had. With, he was from Apex, North Carolina, and so he actually spoke English. He came up and he uh, introduced himself and said he had decided to become a missionary down there. He said he felt like he was called to be a missionary down there. And, um, you know, I, throughout the rest of the service, I was kind of thinking about that. And, I ended up seeing him outside of the church um, after the service was over, and I asked him, I said, you know, how did you, how did you really know when you were called to be a missionary? And he went through all these, a, a, a good long story about it, but one thing that he said about it um, that really stuck out in my mind was, um, he said, everyone is called. Everyone, God calls all of us. And it's at whatever point in time we decide to surrender to Him that we really know. Um, second experience of the trip, and I've only got three that I'm going to share. So, so second experience, um, 
It was on the flight back from Dallas, on our, li- on our last flight back from Dallas to Charlotte. Um, ended up sitting beside a girl named Dandy, and she's from on her way back home from home in China to Wake Forest to go to school. And um, I, I, I told Heather and John White this this week, and I've told some other people that I'm not really a big talker, but... Um, I'm starting to turn into one, I think. <laughs> um, I, I talked to this girl like just about the whole way back on that flight. It was like a two and a half hour flight, and um, uh, we get, we were. I was asking, kind of making small talk, asked her, you know, what she was doing, and John kind of helped me get started. And, we made a little small talk, and we, she and I talked a lot about our families and how much our families meant to us. And um, she said that her, she, she, she was kind of taken, I don't know, it was almost like I, that was intriguing to her because she said her perception of Americans was that we don't care about family. Um, we care, I, I guess we care about material things and stuff like that. But, um, but anyway, um, we... I kind of asked her if she went to church or something, or asked her if she had any friends that went to church, and she said, um, we got to talking a little bit about how she doesn't, she says she believes in God, she she believes there is a God, she just is not too sure about it. And even though I didn't have a conversion experience with her, or, you know, I didn't, I didn't lead her to Christ right at that moment in time, um, I do, I do have faith that God is at work. And um, the reason that I want to share that story with you is that so we as a church, as a congregation, can be in prayer for, for that girl. Oh, and um, I think the conversation that we had went pretty well because at the end of the flight, we ended up exchanging contact information. So, um, And I, I did contact her one time this week. And um, anyway, I hope, hope and pray that... Um, that she'll come to know the Lord. All right, the last thing I want to share with you um, is on the first, the first, I don't remember what night it was. Um, I'm not really good with keeping track of dates and times and things, but the first, the first time that I called my wife, whatever night it was, first night or the second night that I was there, I called her and I said, Jamie, I'm homesick already. I said, uh, I'm, you know, I'm missing her, I'm missing my parents and everything. And, um, but God really did prepare me. I feel like he prepared me personally for this trip um, throughout the week, or not really throughout the week, but more so after I got home, I began to realize that more and more I'd be sitting there working with um, John White, and it felt like I was hanging out with Trey. And Trey, is, uh, Trey was a roommate, but a real good friend of mine. And then Lee Glenn and, and Trey both, we've shared a lot of invaluable um, experiences in playing sports together and just hanging out and doing things. And so if you don't know Lee, um, every, time that you, every time that you're going to be around Lee, you can kind of guarantee that you're going to see a smile on his face when he greets you. And um, so it was, I don't know, it's kind of like I was there on the trip with 
Instead of, instead of John Glenn and John White, it was like I was on the trip with Trey White and Lee Glenn, <laughs> my buddies. And, uh, <laughs> and um, one of my best friends growing up, if not my best friend, was Jeffrey Hamrick, and that's Heather's brother. And so, um, it's kind of, spe- I, I'm not really good friends with Heather. I don't, I don't know her like I know Jeffrey, but um, it's, <laughs> it was kind of neat to get to know her more throughout the week. And it's kind of like a part of Jeffrey's there. Um, if anybody could be my, if I could choose a surrogate pair of grandparents, it would be Melvin and Joanne. They're just awesome. Um, it's really neat getting to know them this week. And um, I, uh, you, you might think it, was, it would be a stretch for me to link Carlos and my dad, but <laughs> but, um, but watching Carlos and Carla and Tatum throughout the week and um, even that, you know, it reminded me of my brother and my parents and uh, it was just really a sense of family and community being with this, this for me personally, just kind of overwhelming to, for me to think about. But if, if all that was not enough, then I got the room with the preacher. <laughs> And as Jay said earlier that he's not much of a talker, don't believe it. (laughs) I think it was two hours one night, about an hour every other night, I think, after the lights went out. And so, Jay, I love you, brother. Appreciate you. We had some good conversations. Um, We got one more down there, I think. Yeah. Do we have have time for me? Okay. Wow. This thing. Thank you. All right. Uh, I don't really know where to start other, to, other than to say thank you for the, for the prayers and the monetary support. Uh, all of you made this, made this trip possible for us. And you're just as big a part of it as, as those of us that, that went. Uh, you folks made... God's work that was done in Guatemala week before last. You you made that possible, and and I appreciate it. Um, when the the week that that I was that we were gone, the uh, fellow that does some hauling for us there at the mill, he he was in there and he was waiting to get loaded and. And he, he made the statement, why did we go all the way to Guatemala to do mission work? He said they flew over hundreds of places that needed help just as much as Guatemala needs help. And, and that's, that's, that's true, we did, we did fly 2,250 miles and then travel three hours on a van to get to where we were going. But in Acts 1-8, 
we're told it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So it's not, a, for me, it's not a question of whether I do work, God's work here at home or in Guatemala. It's not either or, it's both and. We can do both and we're, we're charged to do both. And one of the things that I noticed last year about the, the Guatemalan Christians, and this comes from, from 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us, he says my, that, that God told him that my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And for the Guatemalan Christians, that's all they've got. For the most part, that's all they've got is God's grace. And so the love of God's grace, when I see those folks, it makes me realize that that's too. Uh, maybe we have too much. Uh, we, could, we could throw too much of our money at them. It has hurt us because we lose sight of, of God's grace when, when we have things too easy, when we have them too easy. I like to watch people. Uh, we stopped at Burger King on the way down there, and then the last half a day that we were there, we went into, if I'm pronouncing this right, Shayla, I can't say the other word either. Anyway, and but I watched people. And it for the most part, people everywhere you go are the same. They were there were young people on on dates holding hands. There were couples with young children, older individuals and couples. As we were traveling through the countryside, there were, there were people that were working hard to make a living. And, and most of them appeared to be poor by our standards. They didn't appear to be poor by our standards. They were poor. A lot of them, would, you would see the, the automobiles that they would get in, and I wouldn't trust those things to go get me to Shelby. And 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 they were they were getting around with those with those vehicles, but they were happy. They were happy. They weren't. Um, they weren't. They didn't look like they were suffering. They didn't have anything, but they they weren't suffering. Now, I didn't see a lot of the children that are that are are. Suffering from malnutrition, and and there's a lot of that that's going on. But I also didn't see any homeless people. Everybody was working. Everybody was was doing what they could to provide for themselves, 
and their families. And I think we could take some lessons from those people here in the United States. We could take, learn some lessons from the Guatemalan Christians and, and the faith that they had or that they have. It's, uh, that part of the trip was, was really an inspiration for me last year and it was, it was inspiring this year also. Now the work that we had to do, it was hard sometimes, at other times it was unpleasant. I know one day when Javier came down to visit with us, we, I took my hat off and where I'd been sweating a little bit, the dust was stuck to my face and he started laughing at me. Uh, but it was hard and we completed the task that, that we were asked to do but we didn't let that, any of our work, stand in the way of us sharing our faith with one another. It was, as, it was a retreat as much as it was a mission trip. We were ministering to the people of Guatemala, but we were ministering to each other, too. Uh, Wednesday, Carlos and Carlos Jay and I went to lunch and we ended up, we started sharing during lunch, and we ended up there for two hours. And that, that, really, that really meant a lot to me. Uh, and you know, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 11 tells us, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And that's what that's what we did. It wasn't just Carlos, Jay, and I. It was, it was all of us. We were building one another up. We were ministering to one another as much as we were uh, the, the Guatemalan people. So with that, I say, you know, good works for us, good works is not just going to Guatemala, um, painting, gardening, building tables, benches, and doing that sort of thing, or even doing that here at home. Our best work that we can do for God is to share God's love and our faith and what God means to us. <clears throat> what does God mean to you? Are we sharing that with, in every way we can with everybody we come in contact with? That's what I want to know. That's, I want to know what God has done for you. That, that is inspiring. That is inspiring. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, I'll quit giving you scripture after this one. Uh, but for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do God, good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared us to, to be his witnesses and to share. 
But with all that said, I want to tell you about the highlight of my week. Two highlights. I've gone way over here. I apologize. But Carlos and I were working on tables and benches, and we got one of the benches, the first bench, finished. And just as we finished it, the children were coming home from, <coughs> excuse me, coming home from school. And Roger was there, and he told, he told them, he said, this is going to be your new benches and tables. And one of the little boys put down his stuff, put down all of his school stuff, and ran over there and hopped up on that bench and was sitting on that bench. He was proud to have, proud to have a bench. And, you know, that made, the, that, made that part of the trip worthwhile. And then Thursday night, with when we hosted the children from the children's home and we came they came down there and we learned more about them and found out where they had come from and where they are now and without that children's home without that children's home those children didn't have a chance they don't have a chance without that children's home. Uh, one of the little boys, he came from a rough part of town and his ambit, when he came there, he was a fighter and his ambition was to be a drug dealer when he grew up. And now then, he is talking about he'd love to be a preacher. And you know, if we can just reach one, just one makes it, makes it worthwhile. Anyway, sorry I took so long, but I'm done. <laughs> Let's give this team a hand. You guys can go back. As they make their way back, uh, if you'll open up your Bibles, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I do want to say just one quick thing, and then we're going to close with an absolutely beautiful hymn. And that's what I want to say uh, leading into that hymn. In Guatemala, and you probably saw in, in any of the pictures uh, of, of the land, you will see stalks of corn. Hundreds of thousands, millions probably, uh, that we witness with our eyes, um, corn. And, and you've heard us talk about this before possibly, but uh, it was either the first or second night in devotion I shared the last verse of the hymn that we're going to close with today, and I think is appropriate. But the, the lyrics to that verse say, could we with ink, now just picture this in your mind, could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. The love of God is what compelled the ten of us to go to Guatemala and to communicate through what little we could through our words, but through our actions to communicate to these children and to the adults that we witnessed or came in contact with the love of God. He provided opportunities on the plane, as Jay talked about, for us to share the love of God. 
but we were compelled to go because of the love of God. You supported us financially, prayerfully, in many other ways because of your love for God. The love for God here in Boiling Springs, North Carolina compels us to serve, compels us to give, and compels us to go. You don't have to go to Guatemala. I shared this with the team during the week, and we talked about other opportunities for our church here at home to do missions. And missions is what will continue to move us forward as a united church here in the little town of Boiling Springs, North Carolina. There are numerous opportunities, some of which are organized and and are in place already, and others of which we talked about on the trip and we would desire to talk about with you as well about ways we can expand our mission and outreach efforts here in Bowling Springs, North Carolina. We're going to stand and we're going to close with this wonderful hymn called The Love of God. And as we do, I want to ask you two questions. Number one, have you responded to the love of God in your life? Have you said, Jesus... I want to follow you. I don't know what all that means, but I want to follow you. And the love of God is compelling you today to follow Christ. And I want to ask you boldly, if that's you today, to step out of your aisle, to step out of your pew, and to come down the aisle. You can pray here at the altar. I would love to talk with you about how you can know Jesus and follow him. But also, the invitation is twofold as well. If God is pressing on your heart and you've been feeling a call, you don't know exactly what that means. And today you may not know all the answers to that call, but you've been feeling a call and God nudging on you to expand your mission efforts, maybe in your own personal life. Maybe God could be calling you to ministry. God could be calling you on the mission field. But I ask you boldly, again, as your pastor, to step out of the pew, to come down to the altar. It may may not be that you want to pray with me or talk with me about that because you're still trying to figure it out, but it may be that you want to come to the altar and you want to pray about it, and you want to give it to God. And if that's you today, you respond as we stand and sing the love of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. Speak to our hearts, Lord. It is that love that compels us. It is that love that calls us forth to share and to do things that are at times uncharacteristic of us. And so, Father, may that love of God continue to compel us and continue to call us to do great things for you here in Boiling Springs and around the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.
each night we would gather for supper and fellowship or devotion time around a campfire. And I hope in many ways this morning you felt like you've joined us at the campfire and allowed us to share with you uh, the way that this trip impacted us. And so we thank you so much for that. There's a temptation in me right now that just says, if you'll be seated, we'll have a business conference. But no, we're not. We're not. We're not. I know we're already way over our time, but I just had to get that in. Um, But uh, again, thank you so much for your support. I want to ask the team just to hang out down front just for a second, if they will, and allow you to come by and speak with them uh, if you'd like to do that. And we're all sharing a meal together with our families over in the fellowship hall. Uh, But let's continue to challenge ourselves about how Boiling Springs Baptist can be uh, on mission. Uh, here uh, in our local community and, and also around the world. I'm going to close in prayer, and for those that want to watch the video, they're gonna, I think they're going to play it again. Let's close in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you so much for your goodness, your goodness and your grace that's been bestowed upon of us so freely. We've done nothing to earn it, nothing to deserve it, but God, you've shown us and revealed to us your love. We thank you for that. Father, may that love that has been manifested in our lives through your son, Jesus Christ, manifest itself out of our lives into our homes and into this community and throughout the world. God, we love you. We give you praise today for what good things you've done. Continue the great work that's there in Guatemala and bless those who are involved in that ministry. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, amen.